everyone. Welcome to the holiday episodes of For the Love of Books podcast featuring Indian small press authors with host Emma Polova. I would like to thank our sponsors, Doc Chavin, The Lowell Ledger, our hometown newspaper in Lowell, Michigan, and Modern History Press. Tonight, I will be chatting with author Steve Bowton. Yes. Who will announce the details of his book giveaway at the end of the interview. Hello, Steve. How are you? Hello, Emma. I am doing well. So glad to be on the podcast with you. Oh, yeah. It is great to have you. Well, tell us about your book. No, first, I want you to tell us about yourself. Uh, well, uh, I am an author uh, in my part-time, but I, my full-time job is as a television producer for WKAR okay. Television here in East Lansing, Michigan. Okay. Um, I have been a videographer for 20 years, uh, worked at the Michigan State University College of Music before that. Uh, and music is in my blood. Art is in my blood. Uh, I come from a long line of teachers uh, in the town of Whitehall, Michigan, which is on the west side, kind of over by you. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that's that's kind of my deal. But the 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 thing that's nice is that with this book, with my book, Francisco Takes Flight, it's set in Detroit. Uh, I spent a lot of time in Detroit after my time in college and really fell in love with the city. Uh, and the Detroit Zoo. I love all of the animals there and all the history that exists at the zoo and, and in Detroit. And so one of my main goals with the book was to to showcase that history and all the beauty and fun uh, of the city and of the Detroit Zoo. All right. How long did it take you to write this from the initial idea to the final product? I mean, the entire scope. Uh, well, I had I had the idea about six years ago, and it it stemmed from just a, a, a conversation on a long car ride and kind of said, boy, wouldn't it be a, a fun if there was a flamingo that escaped from the Detroit Zoo and got to fly all, all over the city? And it's like, oh, wouldn't that be that that would be a great kids book. That'd be so much fun. Mm -hmm. And then after that conversation, it, it, it just sat uh, in my brain and I, you know, I'm very busy with my work as a videographer. And so when when COVID hit, it allowed me to kind of slow down. Uh, mm -hmm. And I, I was having kind of insomnia and you can only scroll through social media so much uh, before I kind of finally said, you know, I'm going to that that idea that I had a pin in for five years. Why don't I just do it? I've got the time. I, I've, I've you know, I'm not doing anything else because it's two in the morning. So I, I just sat down and started to write it. And once I started writing it, uh, it came together in about a week uh, to do the to do the first real rough draft. Uh, and I, I showed it to my wife, who is is a bibliophile and, and she works for the Library of Michigan and, and wow. uh, she's my editor on the book. And she read it and she goes, this is really pretty good. She tweaked a couple of things for sure uh, and, and really helped me refine it. But um, so but with that first draft, I, I reached out to uh, a longtime childhood friend, Jesse Fay, uh, who I have known since kindergarten. Uh, and she and I have kind of collaborated back and forth on, on a number of different projects. Um, 
And I said, you know, would you want to do the artwork for the book? And I, I sent her the the rough draft and she said, absolutely. And she sent me back some, uh, some sketches and some ideas. And I thought it was amazing. And, um, so from there it was kind of like, all right, so we're really going to do this thing. And I, I thought that this was just going to be, we'll make 10 copies, uh, and, and give it to friends and family and, and things like that. And so we, mm -hmm. I, I had a conversation with somebody at the Michigan state library that has a press just looking to do that and, and bless her because she was the one that said, you know, you might want to look into how much interest there would be in this book. Mm -hmm. Uh, because if you, if you're doing any more than like say a hundred copies, it becomes more cost-effective to go to an actual printer. Right. Um, and so from her comments, we actually did a Kickstarter and okay. kind of put it, put it out there and, and kind of said, well, I, you know, let's, let's just see what the interest is and, and, and set a goal. We, we met our goal in, I, it was less than a month, uh, oh, to, wow. to meet everything. Yeah. So I actually, sorry, the, the whole thing was supposed to be a month. We met our goal in a week. Okay. Uh, and so we just kind of kept stretching the goal out over that month. And, you know, what I, what I thought would be 10 copies just from the Kickstarter was 225 copies. Uh, okay. and, and at that point, so I, I had been throughout all of this, you know, kind of working and putting things together and Jesse's doing the artwork and I'm making calls and, and getting, you know, talking to the library of Congress and, and, and getting, nice. you know, getting copyrights and that kind of a thing. And, and also collaborating with the Detroit zoo, because I wanted to make sure I really wanted to be sure that it could be said to the Detroit zoo. So we really wanted their, their permission and their buy-in to, to, to make sure that the, the book could actually be set at the Detroit zoo. Um, and when they heard about the success of the Kickstarter, they put in an order for 72 books uh, right out of the gate. Nice. Very so, nice. Yes. So sorry for a very long answer to, to your short question. So <laughs> kind of all said and done, once the book started rolling, we actually we actually put it together in a, in less than a year. From oh, the artwork to the okay. layouts to everything, it 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 took 10-ish months. And then okay. yeah, the once the Kickstarter finished and we did all of the printing and and got all the copies out we were at like 14 months so like a year and two months wow. okay my main question is how did a flamenco end up in detroit zoo tigers <laughs> here and lions in <laughs> but still i want to ask that yeah, the, so the the flamingos have been a, a part of the Detroit Zoo as long as I have been going there. Okay. So twenty plus years, or I'm I'm sure it is more. I would I would have to look specifically how long flamingos have been at the Detroit Zoo, uh, but they're they're they have been part of the exhibits okay. and hanging out in their lagoon for a very long time. But yes, nice. it is it is odd to have uh, a, nice. a a very large bird from Chile. They are Chilean flamingos at the Detroit Zoo. Uh, yeah, oh, half a world away in Detroit, Michigan. Nice. So what was the most challenging part in putting this together? And uh, the most uh, satisfying? Hmm. Good question. <sighs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> 
myself that all the time. The most challenging, I think, was it, it was all the organization that had to go mm-hmm. into this. You know, keeping keeping track of orders and 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 working with the printer and and making sure that all of the sizes were correct and all of the cut lines. And I, I had very very specific um, design elements that I that I wanted to get. And so working with so the the other interesting fact and this was a challenge as well is that uh the artist jesse fay was actually in kansas the state of kansas uh for all of this so we were we were talking over zoom we were talking you know through facebook and 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 texting and things like that and sending art back and forth um and so i i actually did all of the layouts and things and and had to had to tweak some things in photoshop here and there to move stuff around um so the organization and that distance made for a very unique challenge. The thing that has been the most rewarding or the most satisfying with the book is seeing kids read it, seeing oh, their yeah. eyes light up. Oh, um, yeah. Jesse did an amazing job with the artwork there. The, the colors are so big and bright uh, and, and to see, you know, the, the funny elements that are in the story seeing that seeing the kids get to those and just light up light is up. is is the best feeling in the world and and to have i've had people write me fan mail which is crazy uh and just to say how much they how much they love the book how much they enjoyed it um a, a parent reached out and said you know when they did the back to school board like a lot of kids do at the beginning of the school year and they had a line for what's your favorite book and their favorite book was francisco takes flight and like that that was just amazing you know again i i thought this was going to be for my friends and family and to have it be someone's favorite book is is pretty awesome cool that's very cool do you feel that you're gonna venture out beyond that genre that you're going to maybe reach out to adults or do you want to stay within the realm of this? So, so in the year, in the year since Francisco takes flight has been released, I have actually, I've written about six other kids books that are in various stages of go. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I, just, <laughs> the insomnia has continued. What can I say? I, I, so one what am I going to do? Sleep. One cannot sleep at night. You might I as well write. <laughs> might as well. So you're uh, going to stay within the genre, or I, are you going to venture? I oh. I think I'm I think I'm going to stay pretty solidly in in children's lit. I I did just start a book that's uh it started out as a kids book and as folks who write might know. Sometimes your story just kind of takes on a life of its own. And so mm-hmm. I, I started writing a story about a giant and it started out as, as very uh, kids picture book esque and has kind of evolved into more of a young adult uh, okay. book, which I, I really didn't see happening and it just kind of okay. happened. So yeah. I might be venturing more into young adult in the future, but we'll see, but we'll definitely see. sticking to, to children's books, picture books for the, for the time being. So what do you feel that you have learned about yourself from writing this book? Wow. Um, I need to sleep more. <laughs> 
but but also uh i i have learned <laughs> i i have learned that um my writing works best in collaboration so i i am i am very good at putting together a story and kind of kind of putting the raw clay there but but certainly working with uh folks like my wife beth uh, who is an author in her own right and and through the editing process and okay. being able to to work and and get that feedback. Uh, initially, I, I was really very hesitant. i'm I'm used to, again, as a videographer, I get to kind of call the shots and and, right. and say Absolutely. what something's going to be. and and if it makes sense in my head and what I put down on the page makes sense to me, why wouldn't it make sense to other people? And and she and and some other collaborators that have kind of helped with the process really helped me evolve my writing, evolve the book to to be what it is. It, it, Francisco Takes Flight would not be the book it is at all without Beth and Jesse's artwork and and folks like uh, my friend Ben and Chris and Tim who all looked at those early drafts and, and mm -hmm. offered suggestions and, and I could take those and mold them. So really learning how collaborative and to kind of be able to not easy, but take my ego out of the equation sometimes and, and listen to that feedback that that was, that was huge. So what would be your biggest advice to listeners, aspiring authors, you know, who struggle with insecurities and obviously you're a successful <laughs> well okay come on give me some security <laughs> no well hey i i will say i will say this about that that i i struggle with insecurities massively personally um mm -hmm. you know i mean hey insomnia doesn't come out of nowhere there that's born out of a lot right. of my insecurities but I took a risk. Mm -hmm. I I decided to to take that idea that's been ruminating. I I can't tell you how many of my friends and and other folks have said, you know, I've had I've had this idea for a kids book, or I've I've had this idea mm -hmm. of something that I want to write. And my advice to them is, cool, do it. Like, sit down and do it. You don't you don't have to sit down and 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 crank out the next great American novel in an in an evening, but put pen to paper. Put you know, type it on your phone on, on Google drive or something. I mean, that's, that's where I do most of my writing is, is right on my phone on Google sure. drive. It, it's crazy, sure. but just, just write, get it out of your brain, put it on the page. And then you can always go back and rework and, yeah. and put it out to other folks and say, Hey, what do you think? Because it, it it's, it's like the old saying of you, you miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take. So if now, you don't, that would be Gretzky, right? <laughs> the hockey player, Gretzky. I'll, yeah. Happy, happy to, happy to attribute that to Wayne Gretzky. But uh, you know, it, it, it is that idea that if you want mm -hmm. to write, then write. You know, if, if, if you're, you're worried about the mm -hmm. su success of things or, or, or any okay. of that. It, all of that is essentially out of your control. Again, I I, yes. I wrote this book to be, I think I was thinking it's going to go to 10 people and that's it. But I can say I did it. I can, I can hold, I can hold something in my hand and say, Absolutely. I wrote a book. And if that's Absolutely. your goal and if that's where you get awesome. And if it can blossom and, and go further than that, amazing. So what is your daily writing routine? 
because a lot of people struggle with that. Some have none, you know, and the big Mr. Stephen King says, even if you write just one page a day, which I agree, will in a year, you'll have a book. So what is your daily writing routine? I want to know that because a lot of my listeners, you know, they want to know this. How do you, how do you? <laughs> I don't know that I would recommend my writing routine. It's usually get woken up at three in the morning by my two cats, Fred and George, uh, the Weasley twins, and can't fall back asleep. So I I sit down and, or I, I lay in bed, essentially pull out my phone and and just continue writing, you know, I, any idea that, that comes into my head, um, that has led to, you know, I, I, I started, I started with Francisco and immediately people were asking me, so what's the sequel going to be? Um, and I had, I had gotten an idea from one of the professors at the college of music, actually, mm -hmm. uh, Diego Rivera, great guy. Uh, mm -hmm. He was like, my my kids love the book. They want to know when Francisco's going to see his family. Like, we want to see more of Francisco's family. So it's like, oh, okay, well, if they we've been through Detroit, so let's have them go to Chile and, and have a family reunion. So that's mm -hmm. going to be what the sequel is. And from there, it just, other ideas kind of like, I, I started keeping a list of like, what are other things that I might want to write about? And sometimes I go back to that list and and just kind of start chipping away at that. Other times I will go back to other stuff that I have written uh, or is in the process and try to finish that or refine it. I'll go back and rewrite things because, again, at three in the morning, sometimes my thoughts are not the best. Um, so they need they need refining. Um, Absolutely. And, and so it, it really is just that just right and even if it's not so like like i said with the with the giant story where it's like i thought it was going to start as as a children's picture book and it kind of started that way and kind of morphed into a young adult novel as i was writing and so i'm gonna have to probably go back to the beginning and kind of tweak what that beginning was because it still sounds like a kid's book but mm -hmm. it, it's it's just that like 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 you said with stephen king put words on a page yeah. even if it's not uh anything the other right. thing that i've the other thing that i've done that's that's been really great is uh you can find like writing prompt generators mm -hmm. online yes. so like if sometimes my myself i struggle i need some structure mm -hmm. to be able to write uh and so i'll just go on there and e even if it's i write a paragraph i'll just i'll knock something out quick and easy based on that writing prompt just to get something down. So, and this is my, you're my first, you're my experimental person on this one <laughs> because it just occurred to me. So how do you feel about modern storytelling, which uh, portrays itself, especially in your case, in movies, what we watch, you know, how do you feel about that? How does that dovetail into our storytelling what we see on the screen? Please. <laughs> that just occurred to me. 
That's that's a really big question, Emma. It is. I know this. It just has been bothering me. It's been bothering me. You know how do we how do we stand up or how do we parlay into what we see on the big screen or can we stand up to it? Please answer that. <laughs> You're the first one. <laughs> You're not making it easy on me. That's okay. <laughs> That's all right, right? You're yes, a yes, yes. You're a videographer. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll say this: the 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 trends that I see in media and and mm -hmm. this is this has been going on for certainly at least the last ten, probably more like twenty years. Yes. Everything in visual media, and whether that's whether that's news, whether that's mm -hmm. movies, uh, is trying to get shorter. Shorter clips, quick yeah. hitters, you know, news stories that used to be two-minute magazine pieces, they want to be a minute, 30 seconds, 15 yeah. seconds. Yeah. Just pack in as, as much as you can, rapid mm -hmm. fire, because we, we, as people, are now inundated with information all the time. And they're they're kind of trying to, to shift the art form towards right. that mentality. I think we as writers and when somebody decides to pick up a book uh, and again, my, my wife would, would certainly say this, that she always prefers a book to a movie um, maybe with one or two exceptions. But I, I, I think for, for the vast majority and anybody who, who is an avid reader would, would agree that the book tends to be, or is always uh, better than the movie because we paint the picture in our own mind, we can mm -hmm. take it at our own pace. Uh, we're, we're allowed to have so much more detail. We're allowed into spaces that you, you just can't or are very difficult to portray on screen. Uh, inner monologue uh, is, is something that is massively difficult uh, to have on, to portray on screen. Um, and even with, you know, it, it it's fascinating to me. So I'm I'm an I'm an avid Star Wars guy. We've got a Darth Vader helmet in the background uh, that your listeners won't be able to see, uh, and I've got a Lord of the Rings poster over my other shoulder. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so even even with some of these stories transitioning to like a television sphere, where you're able to have much more time and much more room to breathe a lot of those story elements still aren't seeping in. It's still very kind of quick hitting, not as much character building. You know, you still, you get more than maybe you would in a movie or, or, or better character arc, but still nothing that compares to reading something in a, in a book or a novel. You, you have so much more license, so much more room to breathe, so many more tools at your disposal as a writer to put it in the book because I can take you right inside their head. I can, I can show you things mm -hmm. at various, at, at various places and, and, and go from this character's thought process to this other character's thought process. One paragraph that, that, that wouldn't work on screen. That's true. But, you know, uh, that was my next question. What has been the most bizarre thing that has ever happened to you in, during an in-person author event? Because I've had so many and people, I keep getting the same answer. I don't have the time to read. 
Mm. This is what people tell me, you know? So I feel like we're turning into a society of, I don't know if I should say it, <laughs> but you know what I mean? You know, people tell me that they don't have the time to read. So what would you, what would your response be to that? When people tell you that they don't have time to read. I I think we, I think we fancy ourselves busier than we tend to be. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. and, and like with anything that this, I, I have a massive problem with this, my, my own self. So, I mean, like, you know, throwing stones and all that, but it, it, it is the idea that, um, if you can schedule the time, if you can put it in your calendar to say, I'm going to read at this time, or one of the things that, that I, I have read and, and, I, you know, and, in, in I'm I'm trying to bring more mindfulness into my life and and kind of slow down my pace of life because I I, I really have been going mm -hmm. at a, at a very fast clip, um. And so that I that that cognizant choice to say, I'm going to take my phone, I'm going to take my device, I'm going to set it down, and before bed, half an hour, unplug, get that blue light. Mm -hmm. from shining in your eyes, keeping you up, keeping, you know, making it harder to fall asleep, making it harder to stay asleep. Mm -hmm. All of these things that we know from science uh, and picking up a book and reading. And I, I can't tell you how many times I have fallen asleep with a book on my chest, mm -hmm. you know, and then you roll over and then you're, you're waking up uh, <laughs> as you roll over onto a book. But you know, that, that's what you have to do. Um, I'm, I'm very fortunate that at least with my book, I usually, you know, folks are usually a pretty captive audience that you get, uh, you get story time to them. So, uh, I, I, I'm at a bit of an advantage with my book then. Absolutely. One last question before you read to us. Yes. And that is what kind of tools do you use effectively in your storytelling to move the story forward? And by that, I do not mean any software, any computers, any Google Docs or whatever. I mean, real tools that you use because people ask me that very often, you know, how to move a story forward because all of us feel stuck at certain times. What kind of tools do you use? I, I'll tell you, because th this, this happened to me yesterday. Um, <laughs> where I was, I'm, I was writing a story and I had no idea how to get from this scene to this scene. Mm -hmm. And so, you know what I did? I just started writing the next scene. I oh, didn't, the I next, didn't, okay. I, I knew where I wanted to go. So I just started there and then it, through the writing. And as I was, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of ruminating on it, but I'm, I'm pushing forward and I'm, and I'm, mm -hmm. and I'm continuing with the, with the, with the story. And then as I was going, I was like, oh, you know, so, something came up in, in the, in the wording that I was, I was working on this other passage and I was like, oh, that would actually work really well back here. And so I kind of stopped here, went okay. back and wrote that transition. Nice. So, it, you know, I kind of wrote myself out of the box, but rather than, cause I, I, I have done this numerous times where you just kind of start spinning your wheels and you're you're working on the same thing and just getting nowhere right um so i i just decided to be like 
I'll either write some kind of placeholder text or I'll even say like need, you know, okay. need, like, some, need. need someone to react to this or mm -hmm. I'll, I'll write something that I, I know is weak and highlight it and say, come back and fix this, 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 okay. needs, this right. needs something. Cause yeah, some, if, if you're, if you're stuck on a problem, just spinning your wheels is going to get you frustrated and you're, you're probably not going to write something that you're overly happy with anyway. And you're, if, if you're, if you're following the process, like I do, you're going to come back and, and, and rework a bunch of things anyway. So why, why ruminate and get frustrated yeah. for an hour uh, when you could just, if you, if you know where you want to go and you, and you want to keep going on, Mm -hmm. write that and then and then figure out how to bridge the gap because you you might even go like like in this particular example i had three different locations and i decided to put a whole other low location and whole okay. other, like, little right. mini bit mm -hmm. in between the two that helped bridge it yeah yes absolutely all right would you like to read to us i would love to so the story is Francisco. Fran, oh, excuse me. The story is Francisco takes flight. Takes flight. <laughs> written by Steve Bowden, illustrated by Jesse Fay, and edited by Beth Bowden. Mm -hmm. Francisco's a flamingo who come from Chile, but he lives in Detroit, which is quite far away. He lives with his family and lots of friends too, in a little lagoon at the Detroit Zoo. As they waited and fished, Francisco looked to the sky. We're birds, he exclaimed, so why don't we fly? There's a world out there to explore, he would say. But his friends wouldn't listen. They just turned away. Who will teach me to fly? Francisco did ask, since the other flamingos weren't up to the task. There's so many animals here at the zoo. I'll go ask them. They'll know what to do. Where should I start? He had to act fast. That's when he bonked into Joe the giraffe. Francisco looked up and said, Gee, aren't you tall? I bet you could help me fly over the wall. Joe let him climb as high as he dared. Francisco clung to their face because he was scared. Next, he decided to head inside to see Paige the penguin, who taught him to slide. He shivered and sneezed from the ice and the snow, but as for the flying, it still was a no. I'll try Gus Gorilla. He's big and he's strong. He'll get me up to where I belong. High in the air, Gus gave him a toss, but back down he crashed at a bit of a loss. He tiptoed past lions piled up in a bunch, just in case they hadn't had lunch. After all that, Francisco thought it'd be best to see Sam the Sloth and have a bit of a rest. He passed Paula Polar Bear under the water, but instead he decided on Otto the Otter. You could try diving or flipping or float and look cute, but none of them worked, and Francisco thought, shoot. He ran with the zebras, bumped into some camels, slithered and swung with all sorts of animals. Despite all their help and the tips that they shared, Francisco just couldn't stay up in the air. And I'll leave you with a cliffhanger to see whether or not he flies. Awesome. Thank you.
Thank All you. All right. Can you announce the details of your book giveaway? Yes. So the first person to email us at Francisco Takes Flight at gmail.com. So that's Francisco, F-R-A-N-C-I-S-C-O, takes flight at gmail.com. The first person to email us and mention the book podcast in the subject line is going to win a free autographed copy of Francisco Takes Flight, autographed by me, and maybe a few other goodies that uh, I could throw in there as well. Surprise. Yes. <laughs> Surprise, right? So, so hopefully, hopefully you will you will send an email any of your listeners that want to to win a, a signed book. I I yes. can't wait to share it with folks. Yes. And how about your parting shot? What do you want to leave our listeners, aspiring authors, already published authors? What do you want to leave us with? All of us. All of us. Famous authors. What do you want to leave Stephen King with? Well, Stephen King's uh, this, the advice for Stephen King would would just be keep writing, and that's everybody. Keep writing. Do what you do. Do what you love. Yeah. Do what you love. That's uh, again, your listeners won't be able to see. I'm I'm wearing a Francisco shirt that says "Be you." Just be, be you. you. Do what you love, whether that's writing or basketball or making videos. Mm-hmm. Be you. Do what you love, and you're gonna be a very happy person. Yes, exactly. And my parting shots are read indie, buy indie, and write indie. Support your local authors, newspapers, and small presses. Keep your fingers on the keyboard and your butt in the chair. And Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you.